One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. going down. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Patreon, ad-free or with with ads everywhere else. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you doing today? Kenny, I'm doing all right, yes. Doing all right. Cannot complain. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm very good. I am... Um, well, so I guess I can tell this story now because it's, it, it's comical now, but at the time it was a bit of a... Uh, a nightmare situation so obviously i went to amsterdam to see madonna right and it was a great weekend had a great well, time kenny i can imagine that that would be a nightmare situation <laughs> i'm still still permanently permanently etched on my memory is a woeful performance at the eurovision would it have been 2020 2019 i think it was 2019 oh yeah. He came out as Madame X, right? Yeah, that was. Obviously, that... Yeah, obviously it wouldn't have been 2020. 2019, came out as Madame X. Yeah, not a fan. And I remember, and I, it was the first time I'd watched Eurovision in a while. I thought, well, I'll put it on. And it was one of those sort of situations where you think, this is going to get better. And you're like, <laughs> so much time into this, I can't quit now. I almost yeah. should have just quit. I saw it through to the end. And my God, that show just never, ever ends. <laughs> about uh, Madonna just quickly uh-huh. is that you know you've got all these singers who are I guess now professionals because they're on at Eurovision but none of them had, had as much experience as Madonna and they all sounded so much better than she did live and she sounded I'm sorry to say Kenny I know you've just been to see her and I hope she sounded better in Amsterdam but she sounded really I mean ropey is kind I wrote I mean it was pretty bad actually yeah, well, she she was good live when we saw her. I mean, there was there was obviously auto tune and back into bits, but there was there was enough live stuff that it was good. And the whole th- thing is, you're not going to see Madonna for good singing. You know, you're going <laughs> to see Madonna for a show, and uh, she 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 really, I mean, she really did put on a show. She was on for two and a half hours, and it was kind of story of her career. It was it was it was great. It was a great great uh, experience. But on so on the Friday. When we were going to see her, right? So, so we had already. My other half had looked up the the set list website, which tells you what time the acts are tending to go on on the tour that they're on currently. 
So you can kind of get a vibe of when you need to be at the venue kind of thing. And Madonna was averaging between 10pm and 10.15 to get on stage. Okay. So we were like, well, there's no point in us turning up at like 7. We'll, we'll wait, right? So anyway. So how this relates to the, the nightmare is. So we were due to have the Power Slam yearbooks delivered on Monday, yesterday. That was when they were going to be delivered. So we were like, and it was all set in stone. It was all good. So we didn't need to worry. We, we, we could go away. We could be safe. And I had a, a woman looking after the dogs, right? Okay. So we're, we're pre-drinking at the Airbnb, and this is about 5 p.m. 5, 5, 5, 5.30 p.m. Amsterdam time, which would be 4, 4.30 UK time. On and I which get, day is this? On the Friday. On Friday, okay. on, on Friday we're, we're pre-drinking for Madonna later on, going to get some dinner later. And I get this message from the, the dog sitter, and she said... Um, I've just come back to your house and a pallet is outside your house. Oh no. And I said, I said, that can't I said, when you say a pallet, and she went, she went, a pallet with a lot of boxes. So they had delivered the books early. And this dog sitter who is like, you know, five foot one and weighs maybe 110 pounds, is not someone, it's not in her job description to be lugging, you know, a, a lot of books. So I immediately was like, fuck, because I can't leave them. They can't be left over. They're too valuable to be left over the weekend. And, you know, exactly. Snow- I mean, especially with the weather in this country, right? Yeah, because the next day the next day is when the snow kicked off. So it was like, what do we do? So luckily, uh, my good friend, Neil Slawrence, who is a, a comic book artist in Scotland, you can follow him on social media, Neil Slawrence, he came round to the house on a one-hour notice and he brought every single box into our office for us. Good on you. Good on you, I say. So thanks, thanks to Neil, because I was, you know, it was not the it was not the pre the pre-concert vibe I was looking for, but we got there in the end, because you know what it's like, Finn, there's always a challenge put in front of you, and you've got to be ready to figure something out at all times. So um but the books are here. The books are going to be going out this week. We are uh, preparing them over the next day or two. So they will be going out this week. You will be getting them before Christmas. Um, there has been so many of these books ordered. The stock is 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 going fast. So do go to powerslammagazine.com and order yours. Uh, because once the run is done, the run is done. So... Um, but we'll, we'll, you know, once we're once we're down to the the real bare bones, we'll put something on social media so that if you're if you're holding off, um, you know, it won't be holding off too much longer. But uh, we are going to here talk about the wrestling, the wrestling of the day. So let's kick off with SmackDown, then, which took place last Friday, and obviously there was the hyped appearance of Randy Orton, who was going to be on the show, and he was at the start of this show. It was all about who he was going to sign with, and obviously the main event segment was to determine who he's going to sign with. We had Paul Heyman out there. We had Pierce and Nick Aldis. We had LA Knight coming out. Sol Sokoa, Jimmy Uso were battering uh, Orton. And in the end, he picks SmackDown and knocks Aldis out with an RKO out of nowhere. Stood tall because the bloodline is who he is after. What did you think of the segment of how they got to where Orton was going to sign? Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was really good. I mean, yeah, Randy Orton was really over. I mean, the whole thing was, I mean, Adam Pierce was there, Nick Aldis was there, Pierce and Aldis were both made it very clear that they were both eager to sign Randy Orton to an exclusive contract to their brand. So there was, you know, there was some fight, not fighting talk, but some angry words there between Pierce and Aldis, as they should have, as they should have been. So uh, they were in the ring with the contracts uh, and Orton was there. And then Paul Heyman walked out. And um, moments later, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso ran to the ring and they started beating Orton down. Uh, We should say this was actually after Pierce and Aldis had made their pitches. You know, Pierce was there. Well, you know, you can have whatever you want. And then Aldis is like, well, I can give you the people who sidelined you 18 months ago. So, I mean, you know, that was the clincher, wasn't it, for SmackDown? Especially when Solo and Jimmy came out and attacked Orton. LA Knight ran to the ring and was that, it was really over happily. I'm sure LA Knight was delighted to hear that response. 
because he might be feeling a little bit left out at the moment with Orton returning and CM Punk making his shot comeback last weekend at Survivor Series. LA Knight's probably thinking, well, where do I fit into all of this? So LA Knight ran out um, and he helped Orton, uh, fought backstage with Solo. Um, Orton then took over on Jimmy and nailed him with a DDT and then hit the RKO and Jimmy just laid there. And was motionless. <laughs> I mean, the show went off the air minutes later and he hadn't moved. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Orton picked up the contracts as Pierce and Aldis were at ringside. You know, which, who would he choose? You know, would he be Raw? Would he be SmackDown? Heyman's there in the in the, uh, in the the aisle. You know, don't do it. You know, you're going to be safer on Raw. Of course, Orton signed uh, with SmackDown so he could get his revenge on not only Jimmy and Solo, but Roman Reigns as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Alton then signed the contract. And he said to Heyman, hey, Paul, you can call Roman Reigns and you can tell him daddy's back. <laughs> so that provoked a pop. So people were really uh, pleased to hear him, hear uh, Alton confirm that he'd signed with SmackDown and that we're going to get Alton Roman Reigns, presumably at Royal Rumble. And just before the show went off the air, Orton arcade-owed, arcade-owed Nick Aldis, who took a tremendous bump. Um, and Aldis didn't move either. He was lying motionless on the canvas when the show went off the air. So, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I mean, it's obvious, you know, who Alton's going to be facing at Rumble. It's the right match for that show because if Reigns retains, which we all believe he will, it doesn't matter because it's Orton. You know, he's established, he's a legend. He doesn't need to beat Roman Reigns on that show. He can lose that match and he'll, he'll still be Randy Orton. He'll still be a big star. So yeah. this has all worked out for the best. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a great it was a, a great segment. These are the kind of segments that WWE used to do and were praised for. You know, this is the yeah. kind of segments, you know, the proper big time. You think of Batista trying to decide who he's going to face at WrestleMania with the thumbs up and the thumbs down, or you think about those kind of big segments. And yeah, this was one of them. And I think everybody played their part really well. The bloodline are starting to feel like a thing again, which I think a lot of it is due to Randy Orton, to be honest, which yeah. I never thought I'd say. I never thought he'd be the one to breathe life into the bloodline, but he is. And I think that even the bit at the end with Orton, RKO and Nick Aldis was a really good potential foreshadowing for the future. If Aldis ends up getting in the ring, the fact that they're having him do a bump already is probably something that he's excited about that he's yeah you know he's, there's there's something being teased there for down the line you know, you don't really see pierce getting physical too often i don't know if, i don't know if he has maybe he has and i just don't remember it but uh i mean i don't think he's ever i see i mean was it brock lesnar used to rough him up he's been roughed up backstage a few times um but we haven't seen that much for no, we, no. I think he has been beaten up before Pierce. Yeah, I think he has. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pierce was not a very exciting performer. I mean, let's face it, Aldis at times wasn't either. But I think Aldis in WWE can be a star because I think he's been positioned in such a way that people will accept him from the off as a big deal. Um, and we know Aldis wants to wrestle. We know he wants to wrestle in WWE. This has been a goal and ambition of his for his pretty much his entire career, probably long before he even got into wrestling, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it ticked a lot of boxes and it set a lot of things up, which, you know, a big angle like this should do, should seek to do that. And I think it achieved all of its objectives and maybe more, you know. I mean, and Orton took a bit of a beating here. He still hasn't, we still haven't seen him do take that many bumps, but he has taken a bit of a beating. And you know what? He doesn't need to take you know, 25 bumps per match. He doesn't need to be suplexed out of the ring and crashed through tables. You know, he doesn't need to take unnecessary risks and nor should it. And, I, and you know, why would anyone who's a big star take the sort of risks that lots of people in wrestling are taking these days and shortening their careers and giving themselves lifetime problems? I don't understand it. You know, Orton's going to play it safe and so he should. Yeah, you've got to save, save the big bumps for... Your your big matches that you've got coming up. Yeah, so. exactly. That's it. And just you know, time and make every bump matter. You know, that's yeah. what it should be about. Uh, elsewhere on SmackDown, let's talk about other stuff on the show. Uh, what else piqued your piqued your interest? We obviously had the uh, we had Bobby Lashley uh, getting a win over Butch 
on the show. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was, uh, you know, I thought that was well done. I mean, even Lashley's spear looked devastating against Butch. And it's not often we say that. We never say that. We've, we've... Yeah, in fact, that's <laughs> the first time we've ever said that. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, yeah, no, no Ridge Holland, no Sheamus still. I mean, actually, they haven't, they haven't acknowledged yet Sheamus' injury. And I don't believe he's gone under the knife yet. I don't believe he has. He hasn't wrestled in quite some time now. Yeah, I can't remember. when was the last time we saw Sheamus? Was it the Edge match? I think it was. Yeah, 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 which would have been August. I think it was August. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was. It was It was August because there was people thinking that he might be all in or all out, but obviously his deal wasn't up until the end of September. And that's why he turned up at WrestleDream. So, yes, Adam yeah, Copeland, but... that is. Yeah, but it was, the, yeah, the Edge match was, I'm sure, was Sheamus' last bout. And uh, yeah, we haven't seen him since, so that's over... That's over two months now. And uh, yeah, there's been no acknowledgement of the injury on TV. And as I said, I don't think he's had an operation yet. So I'm not quite sure what's going on with Seamus, but obviously he's not on TV. No Ridge Holland either, who had walked out on Butch um, the previous week, I think he was. So uh, yeah, Butch is uh, last man standing from the brawling brutes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the it does seem like we're, we sometimes get teases that Butch is going to become Pete Dunne again. Now and then, it feels that we sometimes get that he's that he's not long for being bitch anymore. Yeah, uh, we obviously got the the promo later when Kayla Braxton spoke to him um, and asked about Rich Holland walking out on him, and he said he he's got to focus on himself and fight anyone. So yeah, and pretty deadly turned up, and they mocked him, and then Butch led into them, but pretty deadly laid him out and left him laying. Yeah, left in lane. So, uh, but also, I mean, one of the big parts of SmackDown was the the damage control and babyface counterparts. They obviously opened the show with yeah. Bianca Belair doing a promo, and that ended up leading to later on a match with Bianca and Kyrie Sane. Uh, yeah, we should mention that you know Bianca was out and she was confronted by damage control. No Bailey and Charlotte Flair and Shotzi backed. Bianca up, uh, they sent uh, Damage Control packing, and then backstage, Damage, con- damage Control were there. And uh, EO said, Bailey, where were you? And Bailey said, No one told me. You know, I had, I, she was in the dark. She didn't know that they were going to be, you know, out for that first segment to confront Bianca. Um, and then Bailey, uh, later on the show in the Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair match, which I'm sorry to say was a bit of a shambles at times. It seemed like they were speaking. Well, I imagine they they do speak different languages. So, but it, the communication there was some communication breakdowns here, and at, at points this match, yeah, just was not pretty at all. In fact, it was downright ugly. Um, and Bailey attacked Belair behind the referee's back. She came out, uh, but that didn't save Kyrie, who was pinned by Belair's KOD. So more bother between Bailey and the rest of damage control. Yeah. I mean I'm 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 not it's not thrilling me with excitement. It feels like there's kind of something missing to it. I actually think that damage control are doing their part pretty well in terms of them being the villains and the kind of thing with Bailey that's kind of un, under the undercurrent with that. But again, I just I still think you know Bianca, she just feels a bit stale. Charlotte Flair is the worst baby face ever. I mean, she just is so unlikable in the role, you know. Yeah. Which is weird because when we, if you ever meet her in person, as Ashley Fleer, she's lovely. She's really nice, but it's like she just feels she feels it to do Charlotte Flair. She has to put on this, you know, air of being the queen, and it just it just doesn't ring true. So I don't know what they can do to kind of get get it feeling more interesting. I don't know if that's bringing somebody else in. I don't know who that would be. Yeah, I mean, she just doesn't project any warmth, does she? I mean, she is the ice queen, isn't she? Yeah, which, you know, the, and look, they've tried it. It's like with Roman. They tried Roman as a babyface for years and years and years, and it just didn't work. And then yeah. eventually it turned. I mean, they have had Charlotte as a heel back and forth, but she, if, I mean, it feels like she does flip-flop on being a heel and a babyface fairly often. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But Mm. it's hard to tell because she always acts the same. So you never really know when she's a baby face. Because was she was supposed to be a heel against Ronda Rousey last year? Uh... Ooh, I'm not never... sure because but, I mean the problem with Ronda is that the audience had turned on her, hadn't they, by the end of last year? Yeah. So everybody just thought Ronda was the villain as well. Yeah. Um, that's it. I mean that match actually with Charlotte versus Ronda, uh just before was it just before New Year? I think it was, wasn't it? Late yes. December. Mm-hmm. And um and that actually was was really good. Um, it was one of Ronda's few triumphs um of that last run. So I mean that what actually they... played played fairly well, fairly well, I thought. Yeah, well, because they had the bad WrestleMania match, and then they had the they had the bad WrestleMania match. Then they had a good follow up match at Backlash. Backlash, yeah, I think that was better, wasn't it? Yeah, because they had a stipulation attached, I so they had more freedom. I think to you know they they seemed more comfortable with each other, and the match was okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's kind of all the stuff on SmackDown. Um, that was that was kind of the big stuff that was going on. Um, before we talk about Raw, I know that you're kind of. You're, you've been catching up in your AEW and stuff like that. Is yeah. there anything that stuck out to you as being, you know, something of worth of comment outside of the never-ending tournaments that we get? Is there anything that's been kind of piqued your interest? Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got to say, you know, Christian Cage. I think he's he's really villainous, and he's he's a lot of fun right now in this. I mean, this character is just crazy, isn't it? It's just mad. Like, how can this character exist? Yeah. You know, when he's there, like, knocking Nick Wayne's dad to Nick Wayne's, you know, widow and Nick Wayne, sorry, Nick Wayne's mother, who, of course, you know, he's you know, been widowed because Nick Wayne's dad's no longer around. And he's just, like, saying that, um, you know, Nick Wayne's, you know, the son I always wanted, you know, I'm a better father than his father ever was. And he's just been so vile. And yet, for for reasons I can't quite explain, he gets away with it and it is entertaining. I mean, in some ways, it is totally absurd as well. Just totally absurd. And I thought the angle they did after... um, Full gear where Adam Copeland came out and ended up giving Nick Wayne a concerto in front of his mother. <laughs> I didn't really get that at all. You know, I mean, I understand that Copeland's supposed to be enraged, but I mean, that was, you know, you couldn't really justify that on any level. I mean, okay, yeah, we know that Nick and his mother are strange right now because Nick's gone over the, to the dark side and he's a disciple. Uh, he's the prodigy now, isn't he, Nick Wayne? He's the disciple yes. of Christian Cage, but still to you know level Nick with the concerto <laughs> while his poor mother's there in the ring and she's already distraught because she's lost a son. I'm having a hard time making sense out of that, Kenny. Can you make any sense out of it? No, that that one was a bit of a stretch for me. Uh, you know, because it's just it's quite a villainous thing to do. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, it's, I, I understand doing it to Nick Wayne because he's been a villain. But it's more doing yeah. it in front of his mother. That's the, you know, because she's obviously, I mean, I, I do think that I'm calling it now. I think eventually Nick Wayne's mum is going to turn heel and go with them, which I think yeah. could actually be fun. Um, because, you know, we, we need we need a kind of modern day Linda McMahon level of acting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we've missed I mean, it. if you remember Kenny, remember um, Vicky Guerrero was. Yeah. We didn't see that see that much of her as a performer before she did the heel turn, and um, she wasn't really that good until she started doing the stuff with Edge, and that was she became an amazing performer in her own right and and a genuine star. Yeah. So you never know. I mean, you know, let's not write her off just yet. She could grow into this role, Nick Wayne's mother. And, you know, fall under Christian Cage's spell. You're right. That's got to be the direction of travel. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought the, I thought the, the segment that um, 
So I just got got done watching it yesterday in podcast about with Sandra. But I thought last week's dynamite uh, segment with Adam Copeland and Christian was really good. When you know Christian was trying to tug at the heartstrings of Copeland, saying you know, and it was because he kind of went down the path of he's about to say I'm your dad kind of thing. But he went, look, I'm not your dad. But I'm your brother. We grew up together. You know, you you know, and then he kind of goes into you know your your mum would want us to get along. And all this kind of stuff, and and Adam Copeland seems to be kind of buying it, and then of course Christian goes to hit him with the belt, but Copeland's one step ahead and kicks him in the balls and says, "Nice try, dumbass," and uh, and then retorts with the 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 return. Oh, and by the way, go fuck yourself, which is what uh, Christian had said to him in the initial yeah. segment. So I think that they're they're really cooking the gas on this one. I know that Cage and Copeland are announced for a TNT title match tomorrow on Dynamite. But I've got to think there's going to be some sort of angle to that because I just don't think you'd give that the, the big match of that away so soon. No, it's got to be Will's End, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just, yeah, surely they're going to preserve that one for the pay-per-view at the end of the month. Yeah, um, exactly. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to get around it. I mean, it's not really a good idea to advertise matches and then not deliver them. So, you know, I mean, they're going to have, I think they're going to have to at least have some sort of physical interaction yeah. um, especially if they've you know if they've announced the match but to me that should be a pay, that's a pay-per-view match that's not a tv match yeah 100% uh, well let's let's move on to raw from albany new york took place last night we opened the show with drew mcintyre he came out cut a promo where he was saying you know everyone's lost their mind you know you can be fired released and come back to the company and instantly forgiven and then see him punch and fix out and you know then mcintyre's like I could be talking about anybody. Um, and then he kind of, you know, he's cutting his, his kind of usual promo, which is really good. And then Sammy comes out and Sammy, you know, makes this great point where he's like, you know, I was shafted by the bloodline. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but I was shafted by the bloodline. But, you know, I didn't let it eat away at me. I, I let, I overcame it. And then I made it to WrestleMania. My family were proud of me. You know, are your family proud of you? And, you know, that was just the worst thing you could say to Drew. And that leads us to the match of Drew and Sammy. And they got like 20 minutes. Yeah. And had this kind of pay-per-view level match where McIntyre gets the win. And I mean, I don't know if Drew has re-signed. I know that's the kind of big topic of conversation. Um, you know, I've 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 very much contemplated messaging him myself and asking him, but I've resisted the urge to do that because I tend to I not want to ask him to do stuff like that. But I don't you know normally probably tell me if he is no, or, or has I'm or has. Sure but sure. um he is he is to me is the star of Raw right now. He is the guy who I think is is the best guy on Raw. And there's some competition there. But what did you think of his promo, Sami Zayn's retort in their match? Yeah, I thought I thought I thought I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, Drew is this he's self-righteous, isn't he? He believes he's right. And then Sami Zayn came out and he believes he's right as well. And McIntyre actually won this one. He won the promo battle here, and then he won the battle battle. Um, because he said to Zane that he deserved to be like done in by the bloodline because he had screwed them over, which was a fair point, wasn't it? I mean, okay, the bloodline <laughs> were pretty awful to Sammy, you know, because they wanted him to beat up his pal. Um, but I mean, technically, you couldn't argue with Drew. Is that nope. Sammy, you know, didn't follow orders from the boss Roman Reigns, did he? No, yeah, I mean it's, but that, you know, this is when wrestling is at its best when you can kind of, you, it, it makes sense on a bunch of different levels compared that's to it. yeah, that's it. and you've got and you've got a story that's run for the entire year, and this is obviously all dates back to last year at Clash at the Castle when Drew lost to uh, Roman Reigns due to the Bloodline Solos Sokoa's debut, wasn't it on the main roster? Uh, he essentially cost Drew the match, so you know this all dates back to that match and him not winning in Wales. You know, in some ways it would have been, it would, I mean, the, I mean, it doesn't really matter that it was, that the match didn't take place in Scotland, but had it taken place in Scotland, I mean, it would have been even bigger, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. the whole story would have been, would have been even more potent. You know, the emotion would have been, you know, emotionally charged had that match taken place in Glasgow or even air. Well, probably not in air. I don't think there's any big arenas in air, as far no, as I know. No, I... I, I... <laughs> as far as no. I know, there's no big arenas in air. No. If maybe are, the... I, I stand corrected. <laughs> there's maybe a high school gym or a community theatre, but I don't think it's in danger of fitting more than 
50 people. Um, <laughs> okay, but if it, was, if it had taken place in Scotland, the point's the same. Yeah. But it, it would have been an emotionally charged, even more than it was if Drew had lost out to, lost out to Roman Reigns due to interference from another Bloodline member. But yeah, it was a really good point that Drew made that Sami Zayn had you know, basically screwed himself and that led to the match. And, um, you know, there was a really interesting point as well made here by Wade Barrett. You know, Drew had brought this up. He's not uh, featured, he's not pictured on the new Raw Rumble 2024 poster. Yeah. You know, and Wade Barrett said, oh, this is a metaphorical slap in the face to Drew. You know, McIntyre's saying it's a conspiracy. They're all out to get me. I'm not being treated fairly. I'm. Having, this is the reason why I've had to take thick matters into my own hands, you know, just to make things right. So in the end, uh, yeah, Drew won with the Claymore. I mean, it was it was a really good match. Yeah, pay-per-view quality collision. Uh, but it was a convincing win for McIntyre. And then afterwards, uh, McIntyre beat the hell out of Zayn backstage and totally stomped on his leg. So, I mean, it was, yeah, commanding performance for McIntyre. And we saw him again in the main event, right? Yeah, we did. He was, he, he's all over the show. And, yeah, I think he's... I think he's you know he's doing great. It's just it's, it's a joy to to watch it, it happen. But we'll get to the main event a little bit. Let's talk about some of the other stuff in the show. We did have Nia Jax against Shayna Baszler, and against all odds, this was decent. <laughs> I mean, you would you would not think that Nia Jax in twenty twenty three was going to be having a decent match, but and like Shayna looked pretty good, even though she lost. Obviously, beforehand we had you know Becky Lynch and Nia Jax have a have a conversation. I think they maybe have the longest feud in wrestling history without actually having had a match because <laughs> it was five years ago. So we had the, the nose break. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another Nia triumph. Another night of the office for Nia Jax. But I mean, yeah. you know, we've, we said, I, I think I said this a few weeks ago. I mean, whether you know, Nia Jax is not going to win any sort of wrestler of the year awards, but no. They've done a great job in sort of positioning her and presenting her as as a kind of monster character. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe she's still undefeated on TV. I don't think she's lost yet. Well, at least not a singles match. Um, so, I mean, she's still, yeah, she's positioned as as a real threat to, to anyone and, and everyone, really. Um, and the thing about her is that she wants to be booed. She is a heel. Uh, she likes being a heel. And she's not attempting to solicit cheers. She wants people to dislike and detest her. And people do because they feel like she's entitled and doesn't really try. I mean, I think she did do more than she normally does here. Um, she took a German suplex bump off the rope. Um, fortunately, she sort of landed on Shana's head in the process. And <laughs> poor Shana, you know, she's still with us. Don't worry. You know, don't worry. She survived. Um, then she survived... Um, Naya, that is, survived Baszler's choke and then uh, ended up winning with the uh, the Yokozuna sit-down splash in the corner, uh, which, what do they call it? Is that the Annihilator? Yes, yeah, the Annihilator. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The Annihilator. So, uh, and I've got to say, it's, you know, aptly named. No one's kicked out of that yet either, as far as I know. And um, after Jack's won, Becky Lynch ran to the ring, and Nia uh, beat a hasty retreat. So I'm not sure if we're going to get Lynch Jacks at the Rumble. Possibly it's going to be Lynch and Jacks as the final two in the Women's Royal Rumble match, because I'm assuming, Kenny, that Becky Lynch is winning the Women's Royal Rumble so she can challenge Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. That's my assumption. Yeah, I, I would think that's the direction of travel. And that's a pretty good direction, I think. It, it, it's a Because Jax has been built up to be a big name. And if yeah. she gets beat, it'll be a, a, a good moment. And then you, you obviously save Becky to WrestleMania. I mean, it'll be nice to see Becky involved in a big match at WrestleMania this year, because the one this coming year, because the one in 2023, the six women tag. Oh, yeah. Did not do well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we, it did not. And poor Becky, she knew that that was not a big match and that it did not go over well. Yeah. Um, and she could tell, you know, the dis disappointment was written all over her face. Yes, it was. Uh, DIY and Imperium had a two, two or three falls match here that DIY got the win in. Are they, how do you feel about how they're, how they're, 
presenting DIY, it's kind of a, you know, they're not being sort of given a big glitzy, glamorous presentation. It's kind of just they're kind of quietly, you know, un underneath kind of uh, having good matches. And it's, it's a kind of slow burn, I feel like, with them. Yeah, I mean, this was probably their best their best match as a team and it was the best reaction they've received as a team on the main roster obviously they had better matches in NXT but on the main roster I think there was this was their best match as a team to date and it was best of three falls um you know Kaiser pinned uh Champer in fall one then Champer and Gargano equalized in fall number two and then Champer scored the winner over Kaiser um, and that was really funny because uh, Giovanni Vinci said to Kaiser, you know, this is this is on you. Gunter's not going to be happy about this. We didn't actually get to see that part of it. Did we, we, did we see a confrontation with uh, Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci and Gunter backstage? I don't think we did, did we? No, no, we didn't. We, didn't. we just saw Gunter approach Adam Pearce and say, you know, I want to talk to you about my next challenger. Um, so no doubt there'll be uh, hell to pay. For Gio and Ludwig next week on Raw. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Gargano and Champa are probably going to turn heel on the Creeds, I would think. And I think they can be really good opponents as heels. I'm not sure if they're really going to go the, that much further than this as faces. Although this was, I think, progress for them because the audience were, you know, definitely behind them against Imperium. What, what do you make of it? What do you think of how they're doing? Yeah, no, I think I think I think it's probably smart to do a slow burn with them because they're not. If the way that DIY got over initially was by having the great matches, right? So that's kind of their strength. So it's good to just kind of have them in these scenarios where they're 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 in memorable moments. Because I mean, you're, you're also at the same time trying to get the Creed brothers over, who we'll talk about in a second. So you don't really want to do the exact same thing, and they're flashier. The Creed brothers are flashier, so obviously they're kind of getting the big push first because they're going to be facing. Damien and Finson. So yes, it makes sense to have you know Imperium in the background. Um, you know, I, I guess we're all just waiting to see if Giovanni Vinci is going to survive being an Imperium. Seems to be that he is constantly potentially on the outs. But um, yeah, I like I like what they're doing. And then later on in the show, we had the Creeds against Dom and JD McDonough. Yeah, and I th I think the way they're booking the Creeds is really good. I like the idea that they've, they've beaten a team within the Judgment Day before they get to the champs. I thought that was good, and I mean, the thing is, because I want to say this in the nicest possible way, the thinner, attractive Creed brother is Julius, right? Julius and Brutus. And Brutus is the kind of shorter, stockier one. Yes. So, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're Brutus, you've got to be thinking, I mean, long term, they've, they've got eyes for Julius, for yeah. sure. But, you know, that doesn't mean that he can't be a valuable player, so I think they, I think they could be a really good team. And with Vince not being around, we don't really need to worry about the impending split. <laughs> um, could come for no reason. So that's it. They they're not going to be splitting in March. You know, they've only no. been around for a few weeks. Yes. And uh, I mean, this was a really good night for the Creed. Yeah, Julius is the one who has the flash. He, you know, he does. I mean, he was. They were so over in NXT. Um, and they, were, they did really well here against JD and Dominic Mysterio, who were dispatched by Damian Priest. Should point out that Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley were not there. Um, whenever they say, oh, they're not here, you expect them to do a run-in, but they actually weren't on the show. And there was a booze rang out when uh, I think it was Damian Priest um, acknowledged that, oh, they're not here. Like, boo! You know, people were like really upset that Rhea particularly wasn't there. And Finn, you know, let's not forget about him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this was, uh, so JD and Dom were dispatched to take out the Creed brothers. And they had a long match. They had, uh, you know, did a lot of things here. I mean, it was really quite a complicated match. And I thought, it, I thought they did really well here. And the audience were totally behind the Creeds by the end. Um, and it was, there was a really nice touch backstage afterwards where JD... And Dominic were there, you know, with towels over their heads, like, you know, looking like glum, crestfallen, <laughs> you know, after their defeat. And uh, JD tried to blame their loss on our truth being at ringside with some more our truth judgment day comedy. And then Dominic said, no, you know, the creeds, these guys are the real deal. You know, our truth wasn't to blame. 
you know, the creeds are just that good. They beat us fair and square. So it was nice that Dominic acknowledged that. And that's not something that certainly wouldn't have happened under Vince. No. You know, an actual real comment like that, you no. know, that everyone can relate to and understand. And, you know, that a heel would actually compliment, compliment a face team, uh, particularly newcomers, and say, yeah, these guys are really talented. Um, you know, you and Finn are going to have to be at the top of your game to beat them. So I thought that was a really nice touch uh, on top of the Creed Brothers victory. But yeah, Julius is, is you know, he's he's a dynamic performer. I mean, it's hard to believe that these guys have only in the biz- been in the business a couple of years. I mean, they're so good already, the Creeds, and they just get it. You know, there's some people who just get it, and these guys do. Yeah, 100%. And it's, um, yeah, going to be good to see them Grow on Raw. Uh, we did get more from Cody and the Cody Nakamura feud because Cody's obviously he actually talked about the the first time he saw them this being from the Great, great Muta and he was terrified of him. And we're going to get the match with Nakamura and Cody next week. So I, I, I actually like the idea that they, you know they they put out there that you know Nakamura and Cody are the two guys who've won the Rumble but not been champ. Yeah, so that was a good. A good stat to put out there. I mean, I think one of them probably more likely to get the title than the other. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're obviously you know they're they're trying to uh, what's the word court Okada, and they feel like this Nakamura thing is going to help, and it gives Cody something to do. So I mean, it's all it's all a box ticking thing that I understand. But I mean, I'm not I'm not like you know waiting with bated breath for Cody versus Nakamura. But I get why we're getting it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, Royal Rumble, it's still actually quite a few weeks off, let's be honest. But it is the next WWE or next uh, main roster premium live event. So it is drawing near. And at least once that event takes place, we're then going to know where Cody's going and what he's going to do. And it just feels like he's been treading water from you know many of the weeks over the last few months. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in some ways, you know, pay, I mean, wrestling pacing is key. I mean, you can't start the Cody push yet because WrestleMania is not until the first weekend in April. So that's still like, what's that? Jan, Feb, that's still four months off. So, um, you know, we can't start pushing Cody Reigns, you know, until after Raw Rumble and Raw Rumble's not until the end of Jan. So, yeah, Cody needs you know, mid-card matches just to keep him ticking over and just to keep him, you know, busy until it all starts to happen for him again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, Cody and Nakamura will have a really good match next week. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think they will. And hopefully the crowd will be with them. So I imagine the uh, the Mist will play a pivotal role in the match. Maybe Cody will uh, blow the Mist at Shinsuke Nakamura before he beats him. What do you think, Kenny? Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good twist on the, you know, the the, the way that this happened, and that'd be good. Uh, but yeah, that'd be fun. And we should mention as well that CM Punk was mentioned on Raw that he's going to be on SmackDown this Friday, and uh, Adam Pearce was was there, and Seth Rollins kind of told him, you know, because uh, Adam Pearce said, you know, he's going to be on Raw next week because I'm going to try and sign him to a Raw contract, and Rollins said, you know. When Punk shows his true colours and it blows up in your face, stay out of my way when I do what I've got to do. So, yeah, but a real life, uh, you know, nods there, which was good. But that led us into Seth Rollins and Jey Uso for the world title, which was the main event. They did have an excellent video package on Jey Uso earlier in the show, I thought, to build yeah. up him in this match. And yeah, I thought, I thought the match was really good. It was. I was surprised that it, I I was. In my mind, I was thinking that McIntyre was going to cost Jey Uso the match rather than come out after it and beat him up. But, you know, they went with the the, the other direction. But, yeah, talk yeah. us your thoughts on the main event. Yeah, an actual one, two, three finish. I mean, some people objected to this. Um, I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's like, it's like anything in life. You know, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And if they'd done a non-finish and had Drew interfere, some people would have complained, oh, it's a DQ. You know, why is there so many DQ finishes? Um, And because Rollins ended up pinning Jay um, after the stomp, uh, some people were accusing WWE of burying, burying, burying Jay, which 
I don't think this match buried anyone. I thought this was you know, a hell of a main event in which both men really shone. Um, and I think if if anything, Drew's appearance at ringside afterwards was a very effective distraction, very effective diversion from what had just occurred, which was Rollins scoring the one, two, three on Jay. Um, so yeah, Dre took out um, Jay and then Rollins at ringside. So he looked really strong, Drew McIntyre. Um, and um, we know it's going to be Cody Rhodes versus um, Nakamura on next week's Raw. I mean, what's going to happen with Rollins and Drew? Surely this is going to lead to another match between them, possibly at Raw Rumble. Uh, can they leave it that long before they clash in the ring? I'm not sure. What do you think, Kenny? Yeah, I guess it all depends what they're going to do with Seth and Punk, right? Is, yes. if, 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 if we, we assume CM Punk is going to sign with Raw because... You know the whole idea of who's going to sign where, and it would it would kind of be a bit of a silly move to have Punk and Orton on the same show. Since of course it would, yeah. I mean, they've been building this Rollins thing open since since Survivor Series. You know, with Rollins's outburst, so it does feel like it's going to be you know Seth versus Punk, and yeah, what's you know what is Punk? What would Punk do on SmackDown? Because we know that Roman Reigns has his sights. Sorry, we know that Randy Orton has his sights set on Roman Reigns. So, you know, how would CM Punk fit into all of that? And I think, what, but I think what's exciting about it is that if you get Seth and Punk at the Rumble, it's you, you, you kind of can't really predict where either of them are going to be at WrestleMania or who they're going to face. And then you've got so many other big characters like Drew or Jay Uso, Randy Orton, all these people, Gunther. Where, where are they all going to fit in on WrestleMania? And it's kind of nice when you don't know and you can kind of be cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen. I mean, even even this year, when we were kind of shaking our heads, thinking Brock Lesnar versus Omas, like what what? But it actually ended up being a fun kind of you know short match. Yeah, on the show. But I mean, I, you know, we, our our annual plea for Brock versus Gunther will begin shortly. You know, <laughs> we we like to get that in every early January, and we will continue to do so. But yeah, I think there's I think there's just a kind of quite exciting air about Wrestlemania coming this year adding in guys like Orton and Punk because we just don't really outside of Cody and Reigns which we are, we're fairly confident that's what we're going to get yeah we don't really know anything else no we no we don't we don't and and there could be several winners of the uh, of the Rumble it could be Punk you know yep. maybe Punk Rollins at Wrestlemania yeah it could be that we could, I mean I think if, we, if 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 it's not Punk and Rollins at Rumble we imagine it's going to be them at Wrestlemania yeah, I mean, we know Punk wants to headline one of the nights of WrestleMania. We know that. That yeah. was one of his great regrets from his 2006 to 2014 run. And I'm sure they are going to rectify that this time around at next year's WrestleMania. You know, just in case, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a big bust up between Punk and WWE management. But I think there is a good chance that Punk will suffer <laughs> several injuries, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think they, if they're going to book him in the main event, they need to do it next year. You know, I don't, obviously last thing I want to see him do is, you know, suffer injuries in the ring. Um, you know, maybe he won't in WWE. I don't know. I'm sure they'll be planning things to minimize the injury risk. And that's absolutely what they're doing with Randy Orton. Hopefully they'll do that with Punk as well. Very sensible to do that. I, you know, wish every wrestler would do that. You know, no one should suffer an injury in the ring if they can avoid it. You know, it's, why would they? You know, why, you know, it's, you know, everything's supposed to be safe in there. So, uh, yeah, it's possible it will be Punk and Rollins at WrestleMania after Punk wins the Rumble. I mean, that would be, you know, that would be, that would prolong the tale more, wouldn't it? And maybe it'll be Rollins, Drew McIntyre at Royal Rumble. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure. You know, what's interesting about it is what you were just referring to a moment ago is there's a lot of options. There's a lot of potential, you know, big matches and potential winners of the Rumble. I mean, last year we knew it was going to be Cody, didn't we? We just yep. knew. So, um, you know, this year, you know, there could be more than one winner. You know, we think it's going to be Cody, but it might not be. Yeah, because you've, you've we've, we've still got Elimination Chamber in Perth in February, so that can always set up the other winner. And we know that Punk, at some stage is going to talk about how he wants to main event WrestleMania because that's the one thing he didn't get to do. 
Yeah. So, yeah, lots of options uh, for us to to think about. So that's all the time we've got for today, though. We will be back on Thursday with Power Slam. We'll also be recording over, and we didn't get a chance to do an overrun this week just because of uh, some schedule stuff, but we will be back this coming week talking about issue four of Power Slam. So that yeah, be- one word, Madonna. <laughs> Listen, she giveth and she taketh away. There's not, there's not much we can do. But um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, on Thursday and we hope that you will check us out then. And also, obviously, at powerslammagazine.com is where you can pick up the first yearbook, 1994. And before you know it, it'll be January and we'll be beginning work on the next one. So, yeah, so yeah exciting times. So, uh, yeah, thank you for all your support, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.